got something and I had to think about it and I went to God in prayer and God gave me this. I invite people to come to our church not because I just want to do that. Uh, It's something that I think about a good bit. But God gave me this scripture and I want to share it with you. It says in Hosea chapter 12 verse 10 it says I have also spoken by the prophets and I have multiplied visions and used similitudes by the ministry of the prophet by the ministry of the prophet multiplied visions today I really believe with all of my heart that I have seen heard of what God has done through her, that God is going to multiply visions in this place today by the time the service is over. You are going to have multiplied visions. And notice it says, by the ministry of the prophet. So there are fivefold ministries in the church. We have to allow every one of them. I don't, I'm not everything. I don't know. I can teach. That's all I do. But that's my role. Others have their role. We have to give them room to minister to the children of God. The Bible says that these fivefold ministries will make us complete so that we can do the ministry that God has called us to do, to equip us. So do not quench the spirit. Don't despise prophesying. It's still here today. In the last days, God will pour his spirit upon all flesh. And this church will allow all of the gifts of the Spirit. Because that's what God has called us. We don't care about man's opinion. We do what God says. One day I'm going to stand before him and give account. And I'm not going to tell him, well, you should have spoken to my wife because <laughs> she was the one. No, you don't do that. He spoke to you and you do it. You do what he asked you to do. So with that, would you please well, stand up and now. Uh, Give praise to him and help me welcome Carly as she comes to minister today. We'll take the offering later. Hallelujah. 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 I could barely uh, contain myself during worship. I felt the presence and power of Jesus in this house. Everything is better with Jesus. Hallelujah. Lord, I just thank you for Pastors Goodluck and Angela. I thank you for their hearts. I thank you, Lord, for the wisdom that flows out of Pastor Goodluck. As I stood in the office and talked to him, I felt uh, the anointing of an apostle and a man of God that flowed with so much wisdom. You're going to be a father to hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of men and women in the gospel. Um, I love Pastor Angela. She has such an anointing uh, on her life. She's got a prophetic call. She uh, has discernment on another level. And you are a mother in Zion. And I really admonish you, church, to honor them Honor them. Honor them. You are so blessed. They are real. They're not fake. They're not, uh, they're not uh, um, something that's, they're not in this for the wrong reason. They're in this for the right reason. They're, they're, they're following the, the, the voice of God. So honor them. Let's give them a hand clap today. I honor you today. I honor you today. I am not a long-winded preacher, and everybody said amen. I'm going to preach what Jesus gave me to preach, and then I'm going to prophesy, uh, give a prophetic word to the church first, uh, a prophetic word that I believe the Lord put, put in my heart. I'm also going to give a prophetic word to several by the leading of the Spirit, and then uh, before the service, I'll turn it back to Pastor, and then I will pray and prophesy over as many as the Lord gives me a word. I'm not going to prophesy. I'm going to prophesy. 
So that means if Jesus gives me a word, I'm going to speak it. But if God just says pray, much happens when we pray. Everything happens out of a spirit of prayer. So uh, it's going to be a wonderful day in Jesus. Lord, I just thank you for this congregation. I thank you for the Ark Fellowship. I thank you for this amazing church that is a tall palm tree in the region of Houston, Texas. And God, even though this house is full today, this is literally a jigger in the ocean compared to where God has taken this church. And I declare and prophesy that this tall palm tree will grow and bring much shade to this region and this city. And you're raising this church up as a voice of love, as a voice of mercy, as a voice of racial reconciliation. You're raising this church up as a lighthouse literally across the nation. And everybody say amen. Amen and amen, amen. Okay, first of all, before I preach, there's one word I must give. I want to give a prophetic word to the two sons of uh, Pastor Angela and Pastor Goodluck. So if you're the two sons will stand up. One here, come close to me. Where's the other one? Okay. We'll wait. Hallelujah. I want to give it to you together because you have a um, connection the rest of your life. You'll be doing ministry together the rest of your life. Hallelujah. Lord, I just thank you. Got up this morning I heard these two words. And uh, it was Lionheart and Braveheart. Lionheart and Braveheart. And uh, I said, Lord, what does that mean? And he said, that's for the sons of the pastors. One is Braveheart and one is Lionheart. And they're champions. And they'll be champions for the gospel. So I'm waiting on, this is Braveheart. Turn around, Braveheart. I'm waiting on Lionheart. (laughs) Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, I just thank you. I'm not nervous, so y'all don't need to be. I love this church. There's Lionheart. Hallelujah. You, you guys, turn around and face me. I was on, I got up this morning. Turn around and face me, guys. I got up this morning and I heard Lionheart and Braveheart. And, of course, when I think of Braveheart, I think of William Wallace. And um, if, if I would have been, I, you know, hadn't been a girl, I would have been William Edda Wallace. Because there's something, something warrior in my bloodline. But, um. I said, Lord, what does that mean? And he said, that's the name of Pastor Goodluck and Pastor Angela's sons. One is Lionheart and one is Braveheart. And you have an anointing that you'll run tandem your whole life. You will literally do ministry together your whole life. Your whole life. You've made plans, and the plans are good, and God will use your plans for the kingdom But there will come a time where you will solely be his and you will do solely what he's called you to do. And you will lay aside your plans and you'll pick up God's plans 100%. Braveheart has a ministry of mercy and love and a pastoral gift that will literally oversee a region. And out of you will flow such mercy and such reconciliation. And so there will be such an anointing to bring people groups together and to, and, to, and to cause people to begin to see things the way God would have them see it. Lionheart will have the ability to go for the things that nobody else would ever want to go for. There will be no fear in Lionheart. And when you speak and you hear the, the words of the Lord, you will speak it with such clarity that Braveheart will say, let's do it, because Lionheart spoke it. 
And when Lionheart gets so fat, uh, uh, strong and maybe, maybe too strong and maybe too far to, to, uh, with his thoughts, Braveheart will pull him in and, and will speak the mercies of God and cause him to be balanced. You have an anointing for justice. You have an anointing for mercy. You have an anointing to set things back in balance. You have an anointing to lift up the brokenhearted. The hand of God is on you. No weapon formed against you will prosper. No enemy will take you out. I plead the blood of Jesus over you. No weapon and no design of the enemy will keep you from your destiny. In Jesus' name, you may be seated. Lionheart and Braveheart. Hallelujah. 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 You make your mother and daddy proud all the days of their life. Hallelujah. Your daughter will come home. She will come back. She will come home. It'll be her idea, though. She'll think it's her idea. Hallelujah. Before I preach today, um, I want to give you a couple of scriptures. Beginning of this year, somebody called me, a man of God called me and said, if you have a prophetic word for uh, us, please give it to us. And uh, he said, I'm getting ready to have a leadership meeting, and I'd really, if you know, pray. And if you've got something, and he said, if you'll put it on film and send it. And I said, um, sure. So I began to pray. And, and one morning, one night, I, I prayed that night before I went to bed. The next morning, I woke up at 4, and God gave me this prophetic word. And it dropped in just fast and furious. And so I just began to write it down, and I sent that prophetic word. As I sent the prophetic word of this one pastor, the Lord said there will be five places that you're going to give this prophetic word, and you're going to get and four invitations. I already had one. Four invitations in the next two days. And your pastors were one of the ones that called me in the next two days, and the Lord said the prophetic word is for them as well. So, um, and it's in really the prophetic word today is it's about taking your promised land. Now, this is an individual prophetic word. Everybody say, this is mine. Mine for my family. And it's a corporate word for this church. You are standing at the precipice of your promised land. And the Lord is saying, it is time to go in. And to take what has been yours your whole life. Okay? So I want to read, uh, we're going to start with Numbers 13, 1 and 2. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Send thou men that they may search the land of Canaan, which I give unto the children of Israel, of every tribe of their fathers shall you send a man, every one a ruler among them. So the Lord, everybody say the Lord, speaks to Moses. And he tells him, this is your land. He said, you're right here standing at it. He didn't say, go in there and see if it's the land. He didn't say, maybe this is your land, go check it out and make a decision. The Lord said, this is your land. This is it. This is everything you've been waiting on. This is the fulfillment of the promise of the prophecies that have you've been given. Now, he says, I want you to send some spies in, send some leaders. I need a leader from every tribe, and I want you to go in, and I want you to spy out the land. Now, he wasn't sending people in to decide if they were going to go in. He was sending people in to get knowledge about the land they were going in. So he wanted to see if the cities were fortified, if there was crops, if it was really flowing with milk and honey, uh, what the people looked like, what were they going into. Now let's go down to, uh, I think it's 20, hold on a minute, I'll tell you. I think it's 30, but let me, let me see here. 
go to verse 30. Okay, now, Joshua sent them in. I mean, Moses has sent Joshua and Caleb and all the, all the spies in. And we know what happens. When they get back, two of them have a good report. And the rest of them are fearful. And they're, they're saying, yeah, it, it flows with milk and honey, but my God, these are, there's giants. And they're like, they're children of the Nephilim, and we can't, we can't go in there. We're, we're just little grasshoppers in their sight. And, yeah, they've got these grapes so big that we can't hardly get them out, but we can't, we can't go in there. That, I know it's milk and honey, and I know God said it's promised land, but... Have you seen what's in there? And the cities are fortified. And we don't have the ar- armor to take those cities down. And so they're fearful and complaining before the children of Israel. Caleb, verse 30, and Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. Come it. One of the translations says, he said, shut up. Quit talking. We are well able to possess it. Yeah, there's giants. Yes, there's obstacles. I never promised you that you wouldn't face giants in your promised land. I never promised you that you would have a life without obstacles. I promised you that I was more than enough. I promised you that no weapon formed against you would prosper if you would trust in me. That's what I promised you. Now, here's the prophetic word to the church. And I hope you're taping this. You are crossing over. You are crossing over into the promised land. I have prepared this land for you your whole life. Remember the spies? Remember what pleases me? Remember you are well able to take the land? Remember Joshua and Caleb? Remember the spirit that pleases me? The spirit that causes me to move in power. Do not let fear lead you or enter into your heart. Fear will cause you to miss your appointed time to cross over. There will be giants. There will be obstacles. Who cares? I am more than enough to come against any devil in hell that would come against you. I swatted away like it's a gnat. Or a fly. 2018 is going to be a year of joy filled with great strength and power for you. God is building this house. God is strengthening the foundation of this house. There will be immense growth this year, but it's still in the foundation stages because what you can dream is just the beginning. You cannot build a magnificent edifice without a strong, deep foundation. 2018 will be the year of the foundation. A deepening of the foundation in every way. Personally, in your families, and in this church, and in this region, says the Lord. God has prepared a supernatural track for this church to run on. You will run on it efficiently. God is giving vision to your pastors that will be played out over the next 15 years. God is raising up a beacon in this part of Houston, an apostolic network, an apostolic house, a man and woman in church that's not afraid to preach the word of God, not afraid to move by the spirit and not afraid of the devil. This is the year that you will grow, and you will grow in every area of your life. And everybody say amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap. Give Jesus a hand clap. Now I want to turn to uh, Samuel.
and we're going to talk about David. You see, David, uh, he faced some giants. He faced personal giants before he faced the public giant that would launch him in the ministry. Many times we're not willing to face the private giants in our own backyard because, see, that's where God starts before he can elevate you to a place where you can fight public giants that have come against the kingdom of God. We must defeat our own private giants before we can be positioned to really lead the way God wants us to lead. Do you understand that? Does that make sense? I want to start with uh, this scripture right here. It is um, 1 Samuel 17, and it is 26. And David spake to the men that stood by him, saying, What shall be done to the man that killeth this Philistine? And taketh away the reproach from Israel. For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? First Samuel seventeen twenty six. Now I want to give you some backstory. David is the kid, the boy that Jesse didn't even bring to the table when the prophet came looking for the next king. You have to understand that his own daddy did not see him as a king. You're talking about some, that would have made a lot of people very insecure. We know that years prior to this event right here, that God said, I have a king in the house of Jesse. And the prophet shows up, and he begins to, he tells Jesse, he says, send your boys in, send them in. And he sends everybody in but David. And the prophet goes through every one of those boys, and then he says, you, do you have anybody else? And he says, well, yeah, I have that red-headed baby boy of mine that's in, out in the back tending sheep. Bring him in. And we know that God anointed him. God spoke the word over him, and he was anointed to be king. But he went back to his menial duties. He went back to doing what God had him to do in preparation for this event. See, he's in the back, he's on the backside handling another man's vision. Handling another man's work. But he's doing it as if he's handling his own. That's what I heard the Lord say about you, Pastor Goodluck, Pastor Angela. That many years you handled somebody else's vision and you loved God and you were faithful and God saw that. And that's why you're standing where you're standing today. See, many times people are not willing to submit to someone else's vision. They want to get saved and start their own immediately. When God's ways say that if I'll humble myself and I'll allow God to grow me and God to prune me and God to be faithful to me in the backside of the desert and I'll do the things that nobody sees while God is building me on the inside so that I can handle the public ministry that he's called me to. We find that David in the, on the backside of that hill, it, that's where he learned to defeat the devil. That's where he killed the lion and the bear. It was his intimacy he learned to hear the voice of God and to know how to fight his enemies through the power of the Holy Ghost. See, your intimacy with God will give you the ability when the enemy comes in, you'll know what to do and how to see the enemy defeated. God defeated David's enemies, but his intimacy revealed the plan. We find out he's here, and now he's been sent by Daddy to go take some cheese and milk. He's still a shepherd guy. He's not a boy anymore, but he's still young. He's, he's, he's young. And Dad sends him. He says, go feed your brothers. They're up there. They're fighting the battle for Israel. Go feed them. So he gets up there, and he realizes that everyone is scared completely out of their mind. 
Goliath is screaming and yelling and intimidating the people of God. Nobody is willing to go out and fight him. Even the king Saul, nobody wants to fight Goliath. They're, they're shaking in fear. Now, I, I ask the question, why aren't they remembering the God that delivered them so many times before? But for whatever reason, they had forgotten the power of God that had moved time and time and time in their life. David starts hearing them talk, and he's like, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that would defy the armies of God? Who is this guy? What is the reward? And so one of the guys began to tell David, here's the reward. You're going to get this and this. You're going to get money. You're going to get to marry the king's daughter. And he went on and on. And his brother heard him asking this question and basically rebuked him and said, why are you always like such an ambitious weirdo? I mean, what is wrong with you? Shut up. He ignored the voice of his brother. He believed the voice of the prophet. Even when he stepped in there and the prophet began to prophesy over him, daddy didn't believe in him, but God did. And he believed the voice of the prophet. Now he's standing with his own brother, flesh and blood. He ignored the voice of his brother. Because, see, he was called to do something, and his own brother couldn't see it. He said, I'll go. You know how this story ends. He goes before Saul. Saul tries to put something on him that he's never proven. You can never be for God what you need to be mimicking someone else. You can only be who you are. And who God makes you to be in the intimacy of the relationship with you and God. You are perfect just like you are. The only transformation that's supposed to happen in your life is the transformation that happens in prayer and reading God's word. But don't be anybody else. Be true to who you are. People recognize fake and they draw near to authentic. David understood when he put on Saul's armor that that was not who he was. He used what he had used in the privacy of his own worship. He used the weapons that God had given him in the past. And he said, I, these, are, these are proven. These are tried. See, the victory comes from the Lord. It's not from this sword or this spear. It's not from this shield. But my victory comes from the Lord. And I've been using this slingshot for a bunch of years on the backside of the hill. And I've been killing the enemies of the Lord. And I've been protecting his people. And I'm going to use what's, what's proven and tried and what is authentically me. He steps out. And literally, Goliath is laughing. He's saying, you, you sent a boy to fight me, this really amazing warrior? He's laughing. David is not one bit intimidated. He's swinging it. He's swinging it. And he said, the same God that helped me fight a lion and a bear the same God that helped me defeat my own private enemies, the same God that saw me through when the enemy could have taken me out is the same God that's going to help me defeat this giant that has come against Israel. The word of the Lord to you is there is no giant in your promised land that God doesn't have the power to defeat. The word of the Lord to you is you must step into what God's called you to do. Do not let fear cause you to retreat. And every step of faith you take, God will give you the power and the anointing to walk out your journey and your promised land experience. This church is going to realize the greatest revival it's ever seen in the next 10 years. 
it will set the foundation for what God is going to do for you through your whole ministry. As much growth as you saw this year, it will double next year. But it's not just in numbers and it's not just in money, although those are all great. But it's in spiritual maturity because God is taking this foundation deep because God is going to do something great in this region. You have an anointing for racial reconciliation. You have an apostolic anointing for missions. You'll take missions groups all over the world. God will fund your missions desire. You'll never want for money. There'll be more than enough. You'll build churches all over the world while God is building yours here in Houston, Texas. You'll take money from here over to there, people that have no money. And when you take out a thousand, he'll put in ten. And when you take out a hundred thousand, he'll put in a million. And the barns will never run dry. That is the word of the Lord to you. You are an humble man and you are an humble woman. And because of your humility before the Lord and your faithfulness, you will see all of your children do great exploits, your great-grandchildren, your grandchildren, great-grandchildren. Your name will be revered in this town and across the world as a man and woman of God because of your faithfulness. Let's give the Lord a hand clap. Hallelujah. There's a few people that I want to give a prophetic word to uh, in front of the whole church. And I just need a a few minutes to just kind of walk around and look at your eyeballs. Hallelujah. I'm going to get down here. I like looking at people's eyeballs. You can tell a lot by looking at someone's eyes. It's the window of the soul. I go into churches sometimes, and I'll be honest, I just want to turn around and run out the back door. Don't like it when that happens, but it does happen sometimes. But when I came in this church today, I felt the river of God. Don't ever take the river for for granted. The river of God is where there's an open heaven here. And when there's an open heaven over a congregation and you stay in it and you're faithful, there becomes an open heaven over your home. And I just declare open heaven over you. Raise your hand. I just declare open heaven over your home, over your marriages, over your businesses, over your children. I plead the blood of Jesus over your children. I call every child home that has strayed. I prophesy that they will come home and do the the will and purpose and plan of God in their lives. I thank you, God, for what you're doing. Hallelujah, hallelujah. And this couple right here, Stan, I want to pray for you. Right here on the front row. Front row Jesus. Y'all, yeah, you too. Stand up. I'm a little crazy. I'm a good crazy, though. There's good crazy and bad crazy. I think I'm good crazy. What's your name? Odell, and your name? Maydeen. Odell or Maydeen. Lord, I just, just pray over this man and woman of God. Lord, I thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in their family. I I see where you have suffered a blow to your family. A deep, deep blow that's caused you to not sleep at night and caused you to talk. And I see, I hear you talking and you're worried and you're stressed. I see God working a miracle in your family. And the devil may have hit you with a blow, but God has sent angels to protect yours. 
He has sent angels, and he is going to restore, and he's going to lift out of this problem. God is going to lift them out, and there's going to be restoration. Promise of the Lord to you, Mama. It will happen this year. It will happen this year. Worship God as if it's already happened. That's the word of the Lord to you. Let's give the Lord a hand clap. Can you two stand up? Yeah. What's your name? Rick. Y'all go to church here? Your visitors, okay. 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 Well, here's what I hear the Lord saying. I hear the Lord saying He wants to heal you. He wants to heal you. Now, I don't know if that's physically or if it's emotionally, but there is there is a deep healing that's coming to your life. Okay, and I really think it's probably more in the way of an emotional healing. And uh, there's been some things that's happened through the years. I can I see three things that really set you back. And this is the year where the Lord is going to completely heal you. And where there has been sadness, he's going to bring immense joy. Okay? Immense joy. This is going to be the year of, the, of joy for you. And I see God just really turning some things around. How many kids do you have? Three. There's one in particular that he is that you've been talking about. And that he is going to turn that situation around and that kid's going to come home to the Lord. Okay? It's going to be a restoration. Do not be fearful. No matter what he tries, or is it a he? Okay. Jesus knows. No matter what he tries to do, God is going to watch over him. There has been a hedge set around him. There's a righteous bloodline in your family. In your family. And the Bible says that, that uh, we're blessed up to 200 generations when somebody serves God. And, and that righteous bloodline is being passed down and your son will receive the benefit. Let's give the Lord a hand, hand clap. Jesus is really cool. If he was here today, he'd be dancing. And he likes to have fun. Jesus likes to have fun. He likes to have fun. Hallelujah. Where's Buddy? And uh, Buddy's not here. Gina, you stand up. You're going to get the word for you and Buddy. Hallelujah. You have such a heart to please the Lord. You are such a true person. You can be counted on. And you're very loyal. You would never, ever betray someone. You have not one ounce of betrayal. You can be counted on by the Holy Spirit. You can be counted on by your husband. You can be counted on by your friends. You can be counted on by your pastors. You can be counted on by God. This year is going to be an amazing year for you. I see the next five years, God really helping you build your business. And in building your business, he's teaching you how to build people through the Holy Ghost. You're going to be a key. You and Buddy are key people to help pastors. It's, called, it's what I call pastoring from the middle. Everybody here is called a pastor from the middle. You know what that means? That means you don't have a title of pastor necessarily, but you are called to bring people into the kingdom, and to bring them to the house of the Lord. And then you were called to be a voice of love and honor for the pastors. Now let me give you some, let me give you some wisdom. Just stand there. I'm not through with you. How many know that churches aren't perfect? How many know pastors aren't perfect? Sometimes they make the wrong call. But if you've got a good pastor that loves Jesus, which y'all do, y'all have amazing pastors that love Jesus and they love the people of God, then we are called to unify. So let me explain what pastoring from the middle is. Someone may, I'm going to use me for an example. Someone may go up to 
one of the ladies in the church that loves us and is very faithful and says, I love Pastor Callie, but she is so disorganized. She's just so disorganized. And when she does something, it just drives me crazy. Well, maybe, maybe, and I'm going to pretend like Jeannie is who they came to. Jeannie knows that Pastor Callie really is disorganized. So she's got two choices here. She can say, yeah, that Pastor Callie is so disorganized. I don't even know how God uses her. She's so disorganized. Or she can say, you know what? The hand of God's on Pastor Callie. And why don't you help her? And why don't we pray for her? And why don't we give her the extra support she needs? Because the hand of God's on her, and the hand of God's on this church. And, and I, I'm going to teach you what to do when you see a weakness. Now, that's pastoring from the middle the right way. Okay? So you're called a pastor from the middle. You and, you, and, you and Buddy, and you'll be here many years, and at some point God will take you to another place. I see that. But you'll be here many years, and God is going to use you to help build this church. They'll be your mama and papa. When the time is right, they'll release you, and they'll know. But you're here to build, and you are to build as if you're building your own work. You are to love And when you go to the next phase in your life, 10 years down the road, whatever it is, you will go with wisdom, you will go with anointing, and you will go with their blessing. Okay? And there are many that are going to be doing that. This church is going to multiply. I see churches opening up all over this region that are under this mama church. Okay? You will send men and women out, and they will start churches. You'll give them seed to get started. You'll take care of them for a season, and God will raise them up. And uh, the hand of God is on you and Buddy in a very, very powerful way. He's going to double your business this next year. This 2018 is going to double your business. You're going to sow more seed than you've ever sowed in your life into this church. You're going to sow more seed. God's going to require that of you. God requires us. Listen, God requires. The sacrifice has been made for our salvation, but he will require us to make sacrifice. Okay? This church is going to receive a lot of finances in the next five years because God has got big plans for this church, and it can be trusted. So uh, I just, can I pray for you too, Tori? I want to pray for you and your hubby. Lord, I just thank you for this couple, and I thank you for what you're doing in their life. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus. There's a healing that's taken place this year that you've been needing for a long time. You've been asking God. And it's, 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 it's a complete work that's going to take place, a complete work. And the Lord says that he loves you and he's proud of you. He loves you and he's proud of you. And nobody knows how much strength it's taken for you to just do what you've done so far, just to exist at times. But there is a massive healing. It starts right now. In the next three days, you're going to just cry and cry and cry and cry. You're going to feel like, am I losing my mind? No, you are being healed by the power of God. You're being healed by the power of God. Lord, starting a healing in the next three days is going to burn something out. I break every generational curse that tried to wipe her out as a child. I break it in Jesus' name. I break it in Jesus' name. I declare you are free. You are free, says the Lord. Let's give the Lord a hand clap. You are free, says the Lord. You are free. Strengthen this man, God. You're a mighty man of God. You're a faithful man. You're a faithful man. It's going to be okay. It's going to be actually 2018, 19, and 20 are going to be such great years. 2017 was a hell year for y'all. But 2018, 19, and 20 are going to be years of great establishment and strengthening. Hallelujah. And I'm going to give you a word of exhortation, a word of uh, encouragement. I'm going to call it encouragement. You need to find, I don't know what church you go to. You may go to a great church. But you need to be in a church where you can be pastored. 
where you can be overseen spiritually. Okay? Uh, I, I would encourage you not to get lost in some big church. That's not what y'all need. Y'all need someone that can pastor you and oversee you. And you need to ask Jesus where that is. Okay? Let's give the Lord a hand clap. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can I pray for you? You. You. Shelly? Shelly. Where's your husband, Shelly? Come on, husband of Shelly. I think his name is Big Al. (laughs) Hallelujah. Lord, I just thank you for this amazing couple. I thank you for this faithful couple. I thank you for this serving couple. I thank you, Lord, that they can be trusted. And I just declare the blessing of the Lord over them and everything they set their hands to do. I thank you, Lord. Let me touch your head. Lord, I just thank you for healing Al. Even from the betrayal as a child, there was times you felt so betrayed that God has always been your father. And he has taken you and your wife up, and the hand of God is on you and your children and everything that you set your hand to do. And I just declare the blessing of the Lord over you. I see God using you in a great, great way. And God blessing you. What do you do for a living? Okay. Okay, you're going to have an amazing year. Amen. An amazing year. Actually, you're going to have an amazing five years. And I see an extreme promotion coming to you. I see God blessing everything because of your faithfulness to the Lord. And uh, he's going to give you wisdom. And you're just going to, you and your wife are going to sit down. And, and literally, at the end of this next year, you're going to say, oh, my Lord. Look what the Lord has done. Let's give the Lord a hand clap. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 Don't you love Jesus? Don't you love Jesus? I wish I had time to tell you my story. My mom and dad were hopeless alcoholics. And a Pentecostal lady showed up at our house. And she came. She was the, she was the lady that owned the house. And she was just a quiet prayer warrior chick that showed up to kick my parents out because they didn't pay the rent. And when, she, when my mother opened the door, she saw Cindy and I, and the Holy Spirit said, don't kick them out. My hand is on the girls. She did not realize that my mother had a long lineage of righteousness that flowed through her bloodline for hundreds of years. And that the prayers of those great, great, great grandparents were not going to go unanswered. And she began to pick Cindy and I up. She went on the rough side of town. She walked into a house that was totally disarray. My mother was passed out, drunk. And she would dress Cindy and I and take us to church. She began to pray for my mom and dad. And my mom and dad, within just a few months, got sober through a program called Alcoholics Anonymous. They gave, my mother gave her life back to the Lord. Mother was always a spiritual woman. She just suffered some real wounding as a child, and it took her a long time to sort it out. Um, and then later, that same Pentecostal church, we went to a red-hot revival when I was 16. I went to look at the boys. <laughs> Somebody told me there were some good-looking boys there, so I thought, I don't really need Jesus, but I can always go look at some good-looking boys. My sister really wanted Jesus. She was the one that was really much more sincere about finding God. We get to this revival, and he's preaching hell hot, and I, am, I know I'm going to hell. Because I didn't come there for Jesus. I came to look at the boys. I was 16 years old, and I went down to that altar, and I got filled with the Holy Ghost, and my life was never the same. God changed my life. And I want to tell you that I've had my ups and downs in life. I haven't always served God the way I should. There was a period of time I didn't serve the Lord, and but I came back to know him. But I will tell you that you will never go wrong serving Jesus. Good times, bad times. You'll never go wrong being pl-
planted in a local church. And you'll never go wrong having a pastor and tithing and being faithful to what God has called you to do. There is a covenant that happens over your life that no devil in hell can take you out if you will do those things. So I just pray over you today, and I'm going to pray over everyone in this building that wants prayer. I just pray over you today that you will take your salvation seriously. And you will take your consecration seriously. You will consecrate to the Lord. And you will be the best saint in this church. The best. Don't give your pastors trouble. If you will be honorable before the Lord, I promise you. I went through some things in my life, but I can say this. I never gave one pastor trouble. I never talked about my pastor. I loved my pastor. I literally, for years, I was the one that did all the raising of the money for my pastor. He didn't even believe in women preachers, but he would let me preach. He called it, I'll let you share, Tally. Everybody would say, he didn't believe in women preachers and he lets you preach because the hand, he knew how much I loved him and my pastor's wife, okay? So I want to encourage you, love the church. The church is the best thing in this world. Is it perfect? No, but we are safe in the church. We need the body of Christ. We need each other. We need commitment. Let me say this too. Sometimes... My, my sister and her husband are the senior pastors, and we started this church about 16 years ago, the same time y'all started yours. I'm, I'm the executive pastor. I have not always agreed with every decision they make. Can you believe that? But I've, never li- I've, ne- I've always done what they ask. And at the end, they were always right about 99% of the time. And the 1% they weren't, I let it go. Because it was no big deal. Okay? My kids have watched us live a life of loving the church. And now they love the church. We never ate the preacher behind his back. We never talked about the problems of the church in front of our children. We love the church. And I'm telling you, where God has taken this church is enormous. And when you honor the church and you honor your leaders and you honor God most of all, because this is really, it's we're honoring him and we honor each other when we honor him. Then the open heaven, and there is an open heaven over this congregation. Now I want you to raise your hands. And Lord, I just prophesy open heaven over every family. I prophesy open heaven over the Ark Fellowship. I prophesy open heaven over this region. I prophesy open heaven to hear your voice. And speak your word and walk in great favor in Jesus' name. I'm going to turn this over to Pastor, and then we're going to pray for everyone. Amen.